every single time I do this, if it's an Apple user, that's the problem every time. So mm. just weird. I don't know. Well, it, it, all those Apple users are just on on superior technology is why. Oh, oh yes. I'm sorry. I, I would bow down if you could see me giving you the finger, but you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. have a, a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! <laughs> the government's out to get you, NASA's out to get you, the NSA's out to get you. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Please ask public not to shoot after recent Bigfoot sighting. Discussion we've been having lately about Bob Lazar and what he did at Area 51. We ain't found shit! Open the gates. Open the gates! They're here. Well, you guys have joined us kind of in mid-conversation. Um, welcome to uh, Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm Chris. All right. And the Chris you hear on that other side is actually Chris Kim off Faces and Aces, as well as so many other... God, dude, you blow my fucking mind with your projects. I just can't keep up with everything <laughs> that you got going on. <laughs> so I'm not that busy, dude. <laughs> oh, you I got enough time like to watch a couple episodes of Happy. <laughs> Well, shit, there you go. That's at least good. Well, it's at least two hours of watching the episodes and then a 45 minutes of calming down time. So just uh, plan it in there. Plan it in there. Make sure that works. But Okay. No, I'm in, I'm in on it tonight. I will definitely 100% watch it tonight, and I'll let you know what I think in the morning. <laughs> That's too funny. That's cool. Well, you know, again, welcome to Strange Uncles. Um, this is actually episode 28. And uh, Chris and I have been, you know, n- number one, we're, for those of you who don't know, those of you some know, um, Chris is actually a very good friend of mine who I met through the Las Vegas circuit. And, uh, you know, we kind of hang when we're in Vegas, obviously. But the cool thing about you, man, is you like doing some weird shit as well, kind of on the side. And yeah. It's, it's neat. <laughs> you make you it know? sound like I'm into drugs and hookers. And oh, he's kind of into shit. the weird shit. I should have defined that whole thing. I'm sorry. Hide your <laughs> leather fucking skirt. You know, go from no, there. No, no, that's oh. cool. That's cool. I might be into drugs and hookers. You don't know. <laughs> well, that's true. And if you were, we'd probably be better friends. I have no clue. I have no clue. But uh, it's cool. We've actually had some pretty cool adventures uh, back and forth. And one, actually, and I really got to know you when we tried to go up to Bonnie Ranch uh, last year in Vegas. <laughs> and, and, well, before uh, we go any further we forgot to open the gates we you forgot uh, to do a little something and uh, i don't know true. what it is open the gates what it is but i just feel like we're missing something about the gates well you know what by all means you're the guest host do you want to kick that off oh absolutely let's open the gates open the gates open the gates All right, yeah. Freaky-ass-sounding game, man. You gotta throw some oil on that. I know, no shit, huh? Um, so, yeah, we've we've liked adventures, and, and we've been on a couple of adventures. That one in Bonnie Springs, I, I had interviews lined up to go, I think it was Cowboy Joe that was up there that was going to do, you know, they were talking about some of the haunts and things going on. Well, karma may have it that we were rolling into, and I remember you telling me when we were on the way up through the road, like it was this thunderstorm rolled in lightning rolled in 
and and I was a little scared and made me more scared when you were scared. I don't think that helped either one of us on the way well, up to the road. Dude, when we were driving out to it, you like we kind of had blue skies directly above us, but the direction that we were headed was just all dark cloud and lightning. It looked like like one of those Transylvania movies, like we were driving into <laughs> like did. Dracula's castle with all the clouds and lightning, and we were headed straight towards it. Like it was like this looks, looks kind of ominous, dude. Oh, are you, are we sure we want to go do this? Of course, maybe an asshole. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking gonna do it. Well, that whole lightning storm caused a flash flood, and it washed out the road going to Bonnie Springs Ranch. We had a neat side adventure um, that Chris actually covers in one of his episodes in, in uh, Blue Diamond. Uh, and then I, I think, you know, there's some roll off. I, you're working on putting together something that we heard. What, what do you want to say? I don't want to say legend. I don't say myth. I, I guess the reality is we, the road was washed out and they had uh, rescue up there that were blocked and they were blocking the road. So people couldn't continue because it was dangerous, obviously. And um, Chris is asking the guy about what was going on and any stories and this and that. And again, this is a guy that drives this fire and rescue truck. And as he backs away, he goes, ask anybody local about the Blue Diamond Vortex. And off he goes. So that's something that you're kind of looking into a little bit. That's on the side burner. But any updates on that? Or are we still kind of just going, Ugh, where are we at? I'm still kind of looking into it. It's kind of a, a long-term project, so I don't know if this is going to see the light of day for a year or so. But I'm, every time I go to Vegas, I try to get a little bit closer to Blue Diamond, and I ask some of the locals, have you heard of the Blue Diamond Vortex? The guy who we talked to said, ask anyone. They'll know. And so far, no one has no idea what the <laughs> hell I'm talking about. What about you guys? We ain't found shit. And I jumped into a PT. So I asked the bartender. They just looked at me and said, nope, no idea. He called back to the uh, guy washing the dishes. He's like, you got, you ever heard of Blue Diamond Vortex? Oh, I was Jesus. like, nope, no idea. Don't know. <laughs> so it's like, fuck, maybe that uh, fireman was just pulling our leg or something. But yeah, uh, I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery. Yeah, that's funny. That's a PT. Was that that local bar that was down the road? Or down, if you go further down towards uh, Art Bell, where's he from? What's that town Perump? that's further? Yeah, Perump. That's the one on the way to Prump, right? Was that sitting there on the corner or no? Oh, well, there are a bunch of them. Like PT's is a chain. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of them, so I don't know. Not in Utah. Yeah, there's a bunch anyway. of them. It's like kind of like a 7-Eleven. You'll run into one on almost every corner. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's funny. Well, one of these days. Well, anyway, you know, the one thing that we do, like we like adventures. But so he uh, decided he was going to come on the show. And uh, man, welcome. Thank you so much for taking your time, bud. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. I'm finally. I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. We've been uh, trying to get together to do this for like weeks now. Oh, it's been hit and miss, hit and miss. But now you know, I finally hit you. So here we are. Yeah. So. All right, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. You want to roll into rants and raves? Let's roll into rants and raves. All right, here we go. Something else I don't understand: motivation tapes, motivation books. What happened here? Suddenly, everybody needs to be motivated. It's a fairly simple thing. Either you want to do something or you don't. Peace and love. Peace and love. I'm as mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. So don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? And I'm going to let you kick off because you are the co-host if you have anything awesome to to bring to the table. Dude, have you been watching uh, Star Trek Disco? (laughs) I've never, I've never fucking heard. You got me speechless. I've never heard of such a thing. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like Star Trek TNG, Star Trek Voyager. It's like the abbreviation is Star Trek Disco, but for Star Trek Discovery. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. 
Yeah, no, the new I series that's on uh, CBS All Access. I have not because I've not done the access. Although I've heard great things about it, that's another thing. I just I have not had time. And as a big Trekkie, I I, I guess take away my membership. Yeah, is what I gotta say. So, dude, season two is just fucking bonkers. It is so damn good. Season one was a rough get through. Like second half of the season, it paid off. It was good. But season two of Star Trek Discovery is off the charts, man. Really? It's ridiculously good. Each episode is uh, action-packed, like edge-of-your-seat kind of adventure. Um, huh. it, it's interesting because it's not the typical Star Trek formula, but it's got all the Star Trek trappings, but they've strayed from the formula. And I think at this point, it's a good thing. It's kind of cool. Like everybody has a diff- weird kind of personality. Like they speak colloquially. Um, they swear a little bit. Um, it's really, it's a fucking great show. I will be damned. See, and again, that's another one that I keep hearing about. I watch, I think one or two, the first season or not season uh, episode one or two, I think last year. And then I, I keep seeing the things about how they stepped up season two and it's so enveloped and turned around, you know, but again, I, I really can't say anything because they haven't had the chance to. So, yeah, don't it, I would find it. I mean, <laughs> okay, I may or may not be paying for it through CBS, <laughs> CBS All Access, but the show was so good, I'd be willing to pay for it to get the rest of the series because uh, oh, wow. it was wow. season two was just that good. Wow, that's cool. That's good. Well, with Star Trek news being that, and again, this nobody's seen this, but of course, I don't know if you've heard the news talking about uh, Star Trek and all. Did you hear the Picard series coming? Dude, yeah, I heard that there's a Picard series coming and also a Quentin Tarantino written and directed Star Trek. I know, which I can't even imagine. You can count the fucks in that one, I'm pretty sure. That's going to be a very interesting show, needless to say. <laughs> They're all going to be in black suits and ties. and What <laughs> shit talking weird? In the background, you got some fucking space vampire. I got anything yeah. out of his mind, dude. It's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. I totally want to see Captain Kirk. And you know I am the Lord when I lay my (laughs) wrath upon thee. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Jake. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it will be. Well, you know, who the fuck is it that's uh, not um, Simon Pegg who plays Scotty? He's just he's been talking about being tickle pink about this whole new movie and what's going on. And, you know, they stopped the script for a little bit and then they continued it again. Which I think is really good that they actually picked it up and said, okay, we're going to do something with this. Because I, I think people thought it was more of a rumor than anything in the beginning. And now it's kind of twisting into something maybe more. So Yeah. I mean, as of right now, it looks like it's the strongest contender for the next Star Trek movie. So uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think that's cool. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, shows and TV, real quick, I was going to throw this into the, into the facts and, and weird news. But um, remember Blair Witch? Yeah. And two. Okay. So it was, you know, one of those first epic, you know, it took nothing to make. It blew everybody out of the water. The, the box office, you know, just raked in the money. Well, yeah. so the same director for Blair Witch is coming back. Um, he's actually going to do something the same style, but it's going to be UFO orientated. And he's in the middle of writing huh. the script for that. And that's going to come out. So that's interesting. So another found yeah. footage movie. Yeah, basically, which I don't know, dude, what your idea about found footage is. I'm some of them are hit and miss. I I'm, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm over them, 
but they just drive me fucking crazy watching them. I, I just don't, it's the camera, it's the shake, it's everything else. It, I'm getting to the point where I just, I just might as well watch, you know, home footage from my patio if that's what I'm going to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to bring something cool to it because like found footage movies have been around for about 15 years at this point. And every so often a director will find a new way to spin it. Like Cloverfield was a fresh take on that genre. True, true. Um, so the guy who kind of started down that path, uh, if he's behind it and he thinks he's got a fresh, cool idea, yeah, I'd go check it out. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Well, like I said, anything UFO-ish, you know, I think it'd be good. Um, and there's one other one that I was going to ask you, and I don't think I told you or not. Well, Happy, number one, we talked about that. So, you know, you're on board. So you watch Happy. I'll watch uh, a Broken Mirror episode. We'll see where we kind of agree there. Yeah. There's another one on Netflix that's a new one, and my wife actually started watching it, her and I, and uh, it's called The Umbrella Academy. And oh. it is kind of like a – it's kind of like a – I would say a superhero movie, but more towards maybe Watchmen type thing where you're not sure if they have superpowers. But, you know, the premise is there's these, you know, 40-something women that – were never pregnant, but the same day they all gave birth and this millionaire went and grabbed at least seven of these babies and then it flash forwards 20 years. It, it, it's a really, it sounds funky, but huh. give it a shot. It's really actually good. The only thing I got to say that's kind of a downside to it is it's filmed in one of those, like it has a really gray lens. So every fucking thing is dark. Everything. Even the daytime mm-hmm. scenes are dark. And so it's really mm-hmm. hard to kind of, you know, watch and kind of focus. But so far the script is holding up. It's good. You know, we'll see where Netflix kind of goes. There's a talking monkey and there's a uh, mother who's a robot, if that tells you. You know, gives you a little titillating fact of, of what uh, what's on the show. You know, it's, that it's sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll check that out. You're just saying yeah, I, that. That doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking talking monkey. Are you kidding me? You can't go wrong with the talking monkey. And he's wearing a tuxedo like he's the butler. And he's such a nice guy. It's really cool. It, it Yeah. Anyway, it, it's too cool. That sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> now you're just fucking with me now, now i'm just all in hold <laughs> yeah, on I, exactly. I gotta go watch this now can we pick this up later oh sure i'll put pause yeah <laughs> we should leave like five minutes and just take off where nobody even knows what's <laughs> is it is there still a pocket would they, did they really leave oh, <laughs> <laughs> just have the sound of eating popcorn <laughs> right exactly couch squeaking with your butt you know you do that yeah. thing going on for a while but anyway, no, the Star Trek is cool, dude. That's awesome. I, I really can't wait. Um, is that your rant? Do you have a rave or are you just happy to? Or is that your rave, I should say, not your rant? Yeah, that's my rave. I'll keep it positive. I'll keep it up. Oh, well, did, you know. Yeah, I did have a rant, but it's like so so typical <laughs> L.A. behavior. And it happened like three, four weeks ago. So at this point, I've let it go. I can't <sighs> I can't summon up the fury that I had right. at the time. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> But that's cool. Well, I will tell you that um, I, you know, usually I have a rant just because I live in Salt Lake City. Although I will tell you that I'm really trying to kind of, you know, accept this place and, and kind of move forward. Um, I have a rave and and Chris, you know a little bit about this because I, I did a post on Twitter just because it was exciting. and It was something kind of cool. Um, I befriended a group of people who are, are really good friends. Actually, they have turned into really good friends, to be honest with you. But they actually run a – and they've been doing it for about 20-something years. And it is a local paranormal investigative society. And uh, I interviewed them on a few. So for those of you who have listened to Strange Uncles for a while, there, there's a couple episodes where I've actually interviewed them and had them on. And we talked about uh, the paranormal, talked about dreams. We talked about some other things. And 
they reached out and asked me if I wanted to join their organization and be part of the uh, the team. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Congratulations, buddy. That's yeah. awesome. Now, what's the interview process like? Are they doing like probes up the butt or? No, that's more aliens. There's another club I'm doing for that um, on the side. Oh. I just got to prep myself mentally for it and walk backwards in a cornfield to get used to everything. <laughs> um, that, that really hasn't come to fruition yet, <laughs> but we're, we're working towards it. <laughs> no, this is just really cool. So for those of you who know, it's called the Ochre Mountain Paranormal Society. Um, it's actually ran by Mike and Jim Pardue. And it, again, the guy's been doing research forever, and, and they don't only do Salt Lake City or the Utah surrounding areas. They've uh, um, The Shining, so the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. So they've actually yeah. researched that and investigated that that hotel and that haunting, supposedly, and brought all the gear in, and they've got all the equipment, and they've – some neat theories that they have. And, and Mike and I just started bantering back and forth, and, and a lot of the late nights I'm just talking about – that in general, because that has always interested me. Um, I will say I'm a safe skeptic. You know, you I don't want to feel like I jumped down the rabbit hole with believing in it. But um, it is one of those things where it just um, it amazes me. And, right. you know, I don't want to. That is pretty cool. It is. It is pretty cool. It's pretty neat. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of step into this as a audio specialist. So, you know, we're going to continue. We're going to kind of do some folklores and legends as far as um, recording like on-site things that are reported to be just kind of weird or urban legends, whatever have you. Put some of that on the on the podcast. Put some of that on the website. And then go through the investigations with um, with really good sound equipment and see what we pick up, what we hear. That, that's kind of the, the role I'm playing. But, yeah, um, yeah dude, I, I just uh, – I know it sounds dumb to a lot of you guys out there, but it, it it's really, really exciting. It's really cool. Mike actually sent me some pictures about, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It's just cool to be part of something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really interested to hear what you come back with in the stories you got because you know how I feel about ghosts. I do. I do. You don't know why they don't wear clothes. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah, ghosts don't exist because if they were to come back, they would be pure energy and naked. Like, ghosts True. don't come back conjuring clothing. I've never seen a ghost dong. I will tell you that flat out. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I've never seen a ghost titty. I, You know, it would be interesting to me too. Well, you know, we'll see what that looks like. So Yeah, so it's because of that. Like, all the pictures of ghosts are always wearing these long, flowy things and right, all that. Right, like, right. that's bullshit. There's no such thing as a ghost. <laughs> like, if a ghost came back, I, okay, maybe that's just me. Maybe if I were to come back, I'd just be like buck-ass naked. Well, like Casper. Yeah, but that's more uh, that's more of a molestation ghost if you like that. I mean, that's weird. You know, because he was a boy, wasn't he? And he came back with nothing on but a bow tie. I'm like, who the fuck wrote this cartoon? You know, I just – I never got it. Then again, if I were to come back as a ghost naked, that would explain people screaming and running away. <laughs> Get that. We would, oh, come on. Be proud yeah. of yourself you know, and who you are, even if you're dead. It's fine. So, <laughs> anyway. No, too cool. So, um, yeah, man. That's kind of my rave. Uh, I don't have any rants on this one. We have a really cool topic, not to kind of tease you guys with, but we have a really, really cool LA topic. We're going to roll into some uh, weird facts real quick, and then we're going to roll into our main topic that we've been working on. Um, unless you have anything else, Chris, are you ready for uh, ready for weird facts? 
Let's do the weird news, weird facts. Let's do the weird news and facts. Good education is not what fills your head with facts, but what stimulates curiosity. Then you learn for the rest of your life. Didn't you fuckers learn anything at college? Uh, seeing as how you and I both share a love for Las Vegas, the first uh, couple news stories I got are kind of centered around there. Um, one of them being that entertainer Donnie Osmond has situs inversus. And what that what? means is his organs are on the opposite side of the body than you and I. Shut the fuck up. So his heart is on the right side of his body. His spleen is uh, what over on uh, – let's see, liver would be on the left instead of the right. Spleen is where the liver should be. So yeah, basically all of his internal organs are flipped. Yeah, And that's a condition that affects one in 10,000 people. One in 10,000 out of I, all the people? I mean that's a lot of people out of billions of people, right? Yeah, who got their shit flipped around. Whoa. So a couple of other people who have it, Enrique Iglesias has it, hmm. and also Catherine O'Hara. Um, Catherine O'Hara, remind me, who's that? She is uh, in all, all of those, um, like Best in Show and Waiting for oh, Guffman, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like Home Alone. That's probably her biggest role. My mom in Home Alone. Oh, gotcha. Okay, now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. Yeah. I'll be damned. No shit, huh? Yeah, she got it too. Isn't that weird? I mean, it doesn't yeah. affect him. Uh, obviously, he's doing good. Maybe yeah. it's an age thing because, you know, Donnie doesn't look like he's very, you know, for their age, they look pretty damn good. Same with other ones. That's a huh. good point. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just saying I'm spitballing here. But that's very, I've heard of it, but I didn't think it was to that extent. Definitely didn't think that Donnie was the one that would do that. I would think that would be more his sister. I don't know why. <laughs> I know that's weird. I don't know. Oh, crazy, yeah. dude. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could live a perfectly normal life with it. Uh, it just happens. Weird things happen. Hmm, that's true. When yeah. you said, did you hear about the Donny Osmond thing? I'm like, no. And I just waited. And now I find out. I'm like, wow, that's fucking interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> God damn. You got me on that one. Well, here's one that's going to be uh, kind of up your alley only because you're from California, even though you're L.A. This is yeah. kind of in your area type thing. Uh, and this goes back to actually UFOs, which is really funny. Have you heard of a organization called the New Force, which is uh, N-U-F-O-R-C? New Force? No, haven't heard of it. Okay. This is not, by the way, Donald Trump's idea for space war or space colony, where the hell he wants to do. This is something completely different. So this actually was founded back in uh, back in 74. And it, it's a 24-hour hotline, and a lot of places across the country have this that's similar to where, you know, if, if they if they have encounters and people want to call in, they can call into this thing and they can record wherever they have. What I was more interested in was the numbers of people calling in. So just for some history, again, 1974 is a founded. It's a 24-hour hotline, and you report what you think you see. They fill out the form online, and they post it, kind of like what MUFON does. Um, and by the way, I'm a proud MUFON member. Well, I wouldn't say proud, but you know, I'm a member nonetheless. Uh, they have I, had, I let my membership lapse. I forgot <laughs> did, to pay the dues. Shut up. You were never a MUFON member, were you? 
You're such an asshole. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. Mutual UFO Network. Move on. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm probably wasting my money, but it's still cool. Um, They have had over 90. Wait, you pay them? Well, you have to pay a subscription. Don't judge me. Okay, judge hey, me. Buddy, you can judge me. I got an organization <laughs> for you to join. It's called Chris Vaughn. And uh, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you more about it at the end. But yeah, yeah, you can yeah. give me money and uh, you can be part of my club. I got this club that uh, we have this bridge in the desert and uh, you pay membership to it. Just so you know. God damn it. There, so this, uh, this new force thing. 90,000 reports since its inception in 1974. Now, that's a lot of, well, I mean, that's a big number, you know, obviously. But this last year, in the Bay Area alone, there have been 950 UFO reports that they have been proven. And I'm not going to say bonafide, but like they looked into it and they don't understand what's going on with them. That, to me, if you're looking at like 90,000 since 74 and this year, for some reason... Across, I don't know, I'm going to say across the country, but I'm going to say, you know, that's Bay Area. And, and I bring that because that's your stomping ground, you know, California type thing. North Carolina has had this rampant UFO sightings. Um, Texas has. Utah actually has. We saw Bigfoot, for fuck's sake, like two years ago here. Or not two years ago, two weeks ago. Which I saw the video footage on that. And I'm like, eh, I'm kind of on the fence. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, you look at it. Now you compare that with other countries. We're the only one. So when you look at a broken down monthly, like for example, MUFON, <laughs> shut up, dude. <laughs> There's like, we, I, didn't uh, say anything, I know, I just fucking, I can hear you over the fucking speak. I already know. I, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> but there's like 600 something odd UFO reports in the United States alone. And then it breaks down United Kingdom, da da da. Then it drastically goes to, you know, 164, 74, 4, 2 for uh, Italy. <laughs> it just goes down this fucking lake. So are we just being assholes that think we see something? You yeah, think? we're just a bunch of fucking idiots out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of well, chomping up that that might be the case. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying that jokingly. But basically, you know, UFO means I saw something that I don't know what it is. That's all that means. Right. No, 100%. 100%. That's what that means. But it's a matter of, you know, making sense of what you see, you know, and we've had episodes for those of you listen to the um, whole Bigelow Skinwalker Ranch conspiracy. Look, the bottom line is even if you don't believe in, you know, the decapitated animals and the animal mutilations and the spheres and the UFOs and what people saw, it's fucking proven that what $30 million from Harry Reid, a senator, was funneled back and forth through this ranch and through Bigelow himself. That's there. That was proven. They went to courts for it. So it's just kind of, you know, on the flip side, it's like, oh, we crazy. But then again, you look at the money being spent to research this stuff and why. That's my thing. Just fucking why. That's a lot of money to think that there's just nothing up there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any harm in spending a little bit of money in uh, looking into stuff because you never know. There's a possibility that other life exists in this expansive universe. Sure. Chris, you're so humble. A little bit of money. Is that pocket money to you, that $30 million? <laughs> well, th- fucking Nevada, man. They got <laughs> money to burn. They got that casino money. They got so much money, they don't know what to do with it. Oh, true. True, true, true. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, I'll back off the conspiracy part of me so yeah and i'll back off the politics part of me because <laughs> nobody wants to talk about that nobody shit right wants to do that 
<laughs> what do you get? What else you got on your side, bud? Okay, so I came across a story while uh, while listening to a podcast called Anywhere USA. And this has to do with uh, all the nuclear testing that they were doing in the 70s and 80s out in Nevada, like the bomb test range. And they had all that uh, nuclear waste that they needed to get rid of, right? Oh, okay. And so uh, they were trying to figure out what to do with it. And one of the proposed sites was Yucca Mountain. Uh, and so what they did to prevent that from happening was uh, Nye County, the county uh, where uh, Art Bell used to broadcast from, the Kingdom of Nye. Oh, right, right, right. Right, right. That's uh, He was in Nye County. And uh, what Nye County did, or this actually the state government did, is they created a small bubble county directly around Yucca Mountain and called it Bullfrog County. What? Really? And the reason why they did that is because they didn't want all the nukes, nuclear waste to be stored in their state. So they created – like they passed a law and created this bubble county called Bullfrog County and they set, and they created all these crazy taxes in that one county. Like they didn't want to make it part of Nye County because oh then the Nye County residents would be affected by the taxes. Sure, sure. So they created this fictional county – or not fictional, legally created this county and they made all these taxes in there so that way the government couldn't store – the nuclear waste Shut in Nevada. up. Seriously? Yeah. It, it was, uh, let me see, 144 square miles of land. Uh, it was completely surrounded by Nye County. And this Bullfrog County was like just perfectly around Yucca Mountain. It had a population oh of God. zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh. that's where the problem was. Because it had a population of zero, if anyone committed any kind of crime – in Who did this it? county, for, first of all, there's no police. There's no sheriff. Sure, sure. Second, <laughs> if there is, you know, he's pretty fucking lonely. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's like the place where you go when you're in trouble. Like right. you accidentally discharge your gun inside the station and you get reassigned to Bullfrog County. <laughs> your nose is in the corner of the fucking county seat, like right on the borderline, like a dunce in the corner of a classroom. You can't move out of it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you stay in this circle. <laughs> And so, uh, because like if you commit a crime there, you can't be, uh, you can't go to trial because there's no peers. You can't make a jury of your peers. Oh, Jesus Christ. And of so two not. years later, the federal government said this is illegal. But at that time they had already found a new place to store the nuclear waste. And so, you know, the issue was done, but yeah, for a brief two year period, there was a County called Bullfrog oh, County in Nevada. Damned. I seem to feel, I, I heard that name. And I think it just like rang like like it existed, you know, like it was there. It was no big deal, but yeah. evidently this is what had happened. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, sir. I will trump your craziness, and I will fly. I will go on top of the crazy tree where I can see all out in the crazy forest, and yeah. I'm going to see more crazy for you. So here's the story, and this hasn't actually been proven yet, although they're doing investigations, and you know, somebody something's doing something somewhere. So Grand Canyon tourists reportedly exposed for years of radiation. Okay, so like what you're talking about with Yucca Mountain, um, tourists visiting the Grand Canyon's museum collections buildings have been exposed to radiation for nearly two decades. <laughs> what they found was, and this is fucking what gets me, and, 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 man, and mind you, this is a safety manager. A safety manager for the park says exposure came from uranium rocks that were stored, wait for it, in buckets. Between the year 2000 and 2018. 
So these buckets were stacked oh, up man. behind the museum, just you know, like on some door that somebody forgot, you know, where the mop bucket is. I guess a bucket's a bucket, right? That's what they were thinking. And um, it somehow it came out, and they're saying this uh, exposed people 400 times the health limit and to children 4,000 times the considered safe health limit. Jeez. So they are investigating that to see what, where, and how, and which Home Depot they bought the buckets from. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the rest of the story or how it is, but that just fucking amazes me. So, wow. That is insane. You know, like the uh, angry wife of the director. How many times I got to tell you to put away that bucket? I'll get to it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll put the bucket away. Just fucking leave it. I got it. I'll get it two years later. Little... Everyone's hair is falling out and shit. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll see how that uh, wow. comes to fruition. I, I'm kind of curious about that. Namely, I am uh, promptly canceling my uh, tour to the Grand Canyon this summer. So <laughs> not going there. So Yeah, thank God I didn't go. <laughs> Damn, 400 <laughs> times the uh, yeah. safe limit? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, the, the bucket thing is what gets me. It's like you guys couldn't fucking hold this in anything else but a bucket? <laughs> I guess they were out of Ziploc bags. I oh yeah, you're out of that. You're out of like the old tool chest you can do. You could you get something with a lid, maybe an maybe an ice bucket, something at least you could have, you know, kept some of the radiation, you know, at bay. Just a, just a, a smudge, just a smudge. Yeah, yeah. Use yeah. an old country crock when you're done with the margarine. Put it in that. A bunch of fucking crock pots set around all over the fucking uranium rocks in there. What stew's cooking? Well, funny you should ask. Fucking god. <laughs> Just I got a bunch me. of old cut, like old some old Chinese food takeout <laughs> containers. I got a bunch of those I could have had. They're fucking like kimchi containers. Fucking, they don't even bury them <laughs> in the fucking ground. It's just hanging out for no fucking apparent reason in the rooms. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I found that fucking hilarious. Um, the main story we have tonight that again, Chris and I have worked uh, worked on to kind of research and figure out what's what. Um, we are going to take a quick intermission, but uh, we are going to roll into soon after that the story of Alyssa Lamb. And, Elisa. Uh, Elisa. Elisa Lamb. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Elisa Lamb. And she actually has huge, huge involvement of staying in L.A. in a hotel. Um, a lot of mysterious facts around what that is. And Chris and I are going to kind of break it down for you and we're going to have discussions. So, yeah. stand by. Yep. Yeah! Open the gates to anybody else who's enthused as we are with titillating facts and stories and history. Jump on the caravan of strange uncles. You can find us on all podcast platforms from iTunes to Google Play. And if you have nothing better to do at work but fuck around in front of your boss, by all means, you can look up our website in mystrangeuncles.com. We've got all of our podcast episodes there as well, along with stories and research blogs that we cover from across the country. Be more than happy to have you in the caravan. Just fucking wipe your feet before you come up and muck up our world. Close the gates. All right, so the cool thing is, um, number one, dude, you got some weird shit happen in L.A. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, L.A. is a is a special place. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, good, creepy special, not the other special, you know, but it, it, yeah, it's amazing. When you really get into the history and you look at the history of Hollywood and everything else going on there, uh, you it just there are stories that come out of the woodwork that blow my mind. 
one of these yeah. stories is is this one here that we're talking about. And uh, Chris actually recommended this, and he goes, "Have you heard of?" And I did, but it was one of those, I, I guess, like news stories kind of thing. Like you know, you knew it was there. It was weird to make sense, but I really didn't look into it more than that. Once you kind of peel back the onion layers, there's a lot more to this. Yeah, this is one of those stories that, like you were saying, there's a lot of layers of the onion to peel back. And on the surface, it just seems like an unfortunate uh, death that happened at a hotel. But when you keep digging deeper, it gets really mysterious and weird. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So let's go ahead and lay it out a little bit. So it's amazing how something that was was built to be used for a certain purpose, and we're talking about this hotel that we will we will mention, uh, it only turns into a legend of Hana folklore literally in its own time, which blows my mind, especially in L.A., because nobody really puts two and two together. Um, you know, you don't connect L.A. with ghosts and the macabre and, and shit just going on. So on this tiny slice of history, we go down the rabbit hole of the death of Elisa Lamb as well as a little morbid history on the hotel where it all happened. So everybody, open the gates. Open the gates. Video of a Canadian woman uh, adds to the mystery around her death. This, take a look, is 21-year-old Elisa Lamb riding an elevator at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. So she peers out the doors, runs back in, and then presses several buttons. Strange behavior, but what happened afterward? is even more bizarre. Several weeks after she was last seen, Los Angeles fire crews pulled Lamb's body from the hotel's water tank on the roof. All right, so on this one, kind of bare-bone facts. And again, we're going to go back and forth with uh, what this looks like and, and kind of what we found. But uh, there's a lot of history to... The person, I guess, that it happened to that's important for the story, and then we can go from there. So Elisa Lamb, she was actually a Cantonese woman. She was born in 1991. She was the daughter of two Hong Kong immigrants that opened up a restaurant just outside of Vancouver, Canada, where Elisa was a student of the nearby University of British Columbia. So in January 2013, Elisa took a solo trip to California that she told her parents was her West Coast tour. So it was... Reported, that's what she called it, but not proven that the reason for this trip was to kind of clear her mind. She had a lot of things going on. Uh, she had school, wasn't going great. There were some grades that could have been better. Uh, she just got out of a bad relationship. A lot of things kind of up in there for her. So she decided to go ahead and make this trip to West Coast and uh, something she's been planning for a while. So she had a blog at the time, which kind of helps catalog, I guess, a timestamp on what she was doing. Um, and she would blog about various things, and this included with the West Coast trip. She actually started this in San Diego, and she documented her trip to the zoo, made her way to L.A., and that's where she checked into the Cecil Hotel, which at the time, it's not named that anymore, but at the time, that's what it was. It was now changed. Uh, it's changed names, I think they call it, and you can confirm, I think Stay on Main or Stay on the Main. Correct. Okay. Yep, yep. They've changed it to Stay on Main because it's on Main Street. Gotcha. Okay. I, I think maybe they changed it just to like up it, but maybe they did it to shake an old, you know, I don't know, maybe shake some old history out. Yeah. Well, know, we'll get into know. the name change in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah. So during this whole trip, she phoned home every day to keep her parents up to the date and, and what was going on just in her ventures and everything going on. Um, she had five days of staying in LA. Her parents didn't get their daily call from her on that fifth day. 
Um, this will be January 31st, just for reference for everybody. The last known sighting of Elisa, uh, other than the elevator video, which we're going to cover, um, was a nearby bookstore manager. She said Elisa was funny, laughing, and buying souvenirs for back home. Her parents called the police after they didn't get that call from her on that fifth day. They even flew out to L.A. and just could see what was going on, if they could add anything. And, you know, I mean, parents being scared, right? So the police search started uh, where they brought in dogs, searched many rooms as they could. They didn't search every room. Now, this is in the report because they needed probable cause to search every room in the hotel. So we take this timestamp. We fast forward to the 6th of February where the police hung flyers around the neighborhood um, talked about the disappearance, what was going on. Fast forward again on the timestamp to the 16th of February, 10 days later, where police released a four-minute elevator surveillance footage. And again, we're going to cover this because this is weird. So the final timestamp on this whole thing um, is the February 19th, 2013. Guess that we're staying at the CISO complaint of black water, smelly water that was coming out of the taps, um, and in steps, one of the maintenance, uh, maintenance technicians, his name was Santiago Lopez. And he was one of the maintenance guys that decided he was going to check out what was happening with what was going on. So again, this is a very old hotel. You know, Chris can know of that. Um, they have these big water towers on the roof. They actually had four of them that were sitting kind of side by side in a big square. And he got a ladder, climbed up on each water tower, checked it out. And there, as he looked in one of them, was the body of Elisa Lamb. At the time, he did not know. Naked, floating face up. Um, naked, however, but her clothes were right next to her, floating in a pile. Um, so those are kind of the timestamps and the facts and figures of what's going on. There's more to it because we're going to go around all the conspiracies, everything going around there. Just as a, you know, to reiterate the timestamp, she went missing on January 31st, not found until February 19th where they assume that she was in the water tower the whole time uh her body had uh um basically just been in there and that's what led to the black water coming out of everybody's uh faucets and showers the decomposing body that was in the water yeah that that number one that's that's horrible i mean i I couldn't even imagine you know that's one of those old things um, so, you know, there's some discussions here and I guess I'm going to ask you, so that, that was kind of the facts and figures about what's going on. There was one thing that I couldn't verify and I don't know if you did on your side. So there was one article that I stumbled on that said she actually had roommates, I guess, that she checked in with. Do you know anything about that or? I do. I do. Okay. And, um, it, all of the information that I have uh, is from listening to other – there are a couple of other podcasts who cover the story as well as reading into uh, you know some of the LA Times news articles. And so um, is, is, I'm going to try to bring as much accurate information as possible. If, if it's a mistake, I apologize ahead of time. But this is the, new, the information that I have. Uh, so basically when she checked into the hotel – now the hotel has three different types of stay. They have the long-term rentals for residents. Uh, mm. They have a hostel-type environment, which is what she checked into. And she was, had, uh, two other roommates. And then there's also the, uh, just a regular hotel. So the hotel is broken up into thirds. Each oh, okay. one represent. Yeah. So each one representing different floors of the hotel. Um, uh, now it's my understanding that she had checked in with these roommates and they said that she was acting weird. And they uh, had requested that she be removed because when you're in a hostile situation, you don't necessarily know the other people that you're staying with. Sure, sure, yeah. And so they they complained to management, and uh, that's why she was moved to a private room. 
Gotcha. Okay. See, so, and I came across that, but I really couldn't verify, but that that's good. First of all, I guess the thing is, do you think she checked into the Cecil Hotel, not knocking the business establishment, but it really wasn't known to be, what's the word for it, man? A, a, a reputable hotel. It's on Skid Row, I think, correct? It's really not in a good part of town. It's completely fair to knock the business and the management because <laughs> okay. it, it's a shithole of a hotel. Um, the weird thing about it is when it was originally built, it was a beautiful hotel and a lot of uh, celebrities used to stay there. It's got right. this gorgeous art deco interior. Uh, however, over the years, it fell into disrepair. And you're right. The Skid Row kind of built up around it, turning the hotel into the one of the worst places to stay in Los Angeles. Um, it was in a rough neighborhood. I guess that's my first thing is, is did she, you know, did she want adventure? Was this her first time out? So she wanted to experience. I mean, I, I just find the fitting for checking into a place like that. Maybe she didn't have much money. I, I, I don't know. That's probably what it was. Just trying to do it on the cheap. That's my assumption. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, even though if she were to go on to Yelp or any of those many, you know, trip TripAdvisor or many of those sites, they would have told her this is one of the worst hotels in right. LA as well right. as, as well as a hotel with an, a notorious history. Oh my God. Should we get into the Cecil? Um, you know, we can, do you want to, we can skip into that. Do you want to do a little bit of history of that hotel itself? Because it is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Let's give a little bit of background since we're talking about it, the place, okay. because she checked into it. Let's let the people know what kind of place she checked into. Okay. Well, let's do this because, uh, yeah, this unravels another little bow, you know, must I say. Um, so let's talk about this place. So as Chris was saying, in his day, it was it was built. It was beautiful. It was built as a business hotel in the 1920s. Um, the Cecil fell on really hard times during the Great Depression, which a lot of places did, you know, especially in in that era, you know, time frame. Um, it never really came back from it. It never really bounced back from the the depression and what was going on, and and so it was just kind of let to disrepair. Um, the weird thing is from there. It, <laughs> Several of Los Angeles' more notable murders have happened at or have connections to this hotel, which th this is what I find weird. So Elizabeth Short, victim of the Black Dahlia murder. Um, and you know about that one, correct? Yeah, actually, uh, that was the last place. The Cecil Hotel was the last place that she was seen before they found her body. And uh, it was one of the victims of the Black Dahlia murder. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that was one of the first things of an unsolved killing. Um, supposedly made the Cecil her last stop before her death. In 1964, Goldie Osgood, um, she was known as the Pigeon Lady of Pershing Square, was raped and murdered in her room at the Cecil. Uh, another crime that has never been solved. Serial killers. Um, Jack, and I'm going to butcher this name too, Jack Unterweger? Uh, oh, I don't right? know that one. I don't know. So serial killers Jack Unterweger and Richard Ramirez, they were both known as the Night Stalkers. Both resided at the Cecil while they were active doing their stalking, I guess is the word for it. They actually stayed there too. So there's no murders there, but the serial killers were there, which, you know, adds a connotation, atmosphere to the whole thing. Um, there have been suicides, uh, one of which was also a pedestrian in the front of the hotel was killed. So after its recent renovations, it really is trying to kind of pull itself out of it quagmire of just being this hotel. Um, yeah, death. This basically this death hotel, and uh, <sighs> not to, not to just skip by how the pedestrian was killed. Mm. Someone committed suicide in that hotel by jumping off the building and just happened to land 
on a pedestrian oh, as Jesus. they were walking by. <laughs> that's oh, I'm not going to say karma because that's awful. But yeah, yeah. It, it just these weird little coincidences. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, it kind of brought itself into the spotlight 2015, for those of you who watch American Horror Story, um, it was something that, uh, Ryan Murphy actually decided he was going to use the Cecil for the, the setting of that. And actually they filmed in the hotel and I remember watching it and, and you're talking about like the grand ballroom and the, and the ceiling and all the wrap and it was, it's a beautiful hotel. And, uh, they use that, I think for, again, season five, I think for, um, um, American Horror Story. I never watched American Horror Story. Um, yeah. He said in the end that he was inspired uh, by a surveillance video of a young woman who got an elevator at downtown hotel, was never seen again. Um, he didn't use her name, but, you know, you know, two and two lead together, and that's kind, kind of it is. There's been other movies, but we're not going to cover them because they kind of glorify the whole the whole experience and situation of Elisa Lama. We don't think it's fair. You know, uh, Chris and I talk about it. So, yeah. Although there is that one that we'll talk, we just got to touch on it because it's such a weird what You know, we were talking about the weird coincidences. So oh. when we get into that part, like, okay. we got to mention that one movie. Yeah, sure. Remind me actually. So that's towards the end. Are you talking about uh, Dark Water? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can cover that definitely. Um, well, let's cover this, and then we can roll into uh, other things. So the footage. Number one is weird. So again, if you guys look at the timestamp of what was going on, um, you know, please hung flyers, da da da. They actually had a four minute surveillance uh, surveillance footage of in the elevator on the sixteenth of February that they actually released. And um, <laughs> if anybody has seen that, have you seen that on? Have you watched that? I have. I've watched the okay. video as well okay. as I've watched the. Uh, well, boy, there's a lot to get into with the video too. This is the last time that Elisa Lamb was seen alive in this right. video footage. Uh, the police did release the four-minute video for some odd reason. There's a minute missing right. from the footage that they released to the public, as well as the video footage was, uh, I believe, sped up. That's what it looks like in in cases in little cases of the video. It does. It looks like it, it's so it's so weird. So that's the first thing is number one. There's chunks missing out, like Chris said. The other thing is if any of you have just ever done it, just watch a video. It, it's crazy, and you can just type in you know Lisa Lamb elevator footage, whatever you want to do, and look at it. Um, it is very odd. You know, she enters the elevator. She's pushing buttons right and left. She's leaning down. She's going through every single one of them. The doors don't close. Then it they open. Like she's then they hiding close in the again. corner. Right. Then she's hiding in the corner. Then she's out of the elevator. She. It looks like she's talking to something somewhere. Then she comes back in again. Then she's hiding again. It. It kind of goes on and on for a good chunk of four minutes, and it, yeah. it's just weird. And it's the last thing that we see. So people speculate on that that maybe she has something that's following her. Um, maybe she had, you know, people talk about paranormal, you know, she was kind of talking to herself. If you really go up close on the video, you can see her lips moving in the corner as she's hiding in the corner of the elevator. You can kind of see her lips move a bit, a little bit. You wonder, you know, is she's, is she talking to something or somebody that's not there? You know, yada, all this stuff that's going on for what it is, the video itself. Um, but I, I find the most interesting thing really isn't the video. It's the chunk of time missing. Yeah. And, um, there's never been an explanation for that. And although I mean, in the video, her behavior is erratic and odd. Is there a logical explanation for the way that she behaves in that elevator? Many people find that footage very unsettling. Um, yeah. 
I did listen to one podcast that spoke to a uh, psychologist, and he was talking about her uh, manic. I believe what was she? She was on medication. She was actually. We were yeah. We're, we'll cover that now because this is another thing that kind of you know it, it puts a conspiracy theory to the side. The reality was she was on bi. She was bipolar. So she bipolar, was, thank yeah, you, yeah, yeah. She actually was diagnosed with bipolar syndrome. Um, she was on medication for that. And um, when we go into the autopsy a little bit, there's some things on the autopsy where it wasn't that it. And again, it's so vague because it, you know, it looks like she spent two weeks in the water tower, which means a lot of these toxins, a lot of these medications in her system, they're not going to be there anymore. They're going to be washed away. They're not going to be able to verify any of that stuff. So that that's the problem. You know, we really can't prove that. Yeah. I mean, well, it was a little bit difficult to find. They did do the autopsy and they did find traces of her medication in her system. Uh, but the reason why I brought it up is because the behavior uh, that she displays on that video is consistent with someone who is off their meds. True. True. Very true. Especially for something that has somebody that has that condition. I mean, that, right. that's very that's reacting time right there. Completely. Right. So, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, since we're talking about the autopsy, I think uh, one of the odd things that they found was that they discovered that she did take her antidepressant. Correct. Yes. However, However, when antidepressants are prescribed, they are typically also prescribed with antipsychotics because they kind of balance each other out. And those were not present in her system, according to the coroner's report. They were not. So what is a word for that? Actually, I stumbled on it. One is called some – God, what's a word? Like one activates one thing and then something – there's a word they, they say for it. However, on the autopsy, they did say that usually sometimes those medications where she was taking this but she wasn't taking this, the ones that do the antidepressant of what you're, or the antipsychotic that you're you're describing, they wash away quicker. You know, out of the system, out of the immune. So, oh, interesting. Whether it's improved, whether it's not, you know, that's that's a whole thing. Whether it can be proved, the whole thing with the autopsy. And while we're on that subject, it took four months for the LAPD to release that report. Four months, as well as as well as there were some changes to the report. Correct. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning of what it was to what it is. So, I'll cover a little bit on my side, and then Chris chime in. You know, because you you have info on your side as well. Um, okay. You, you know, this whole thing, and, and again, we're not trying to sound gruesome, but it just kind of sets up what happened, you know? So, uh, Lamb's body was found bloated, obviously, you know, it was supposed floating up there for two weeks, almost two weeks, moderately decomposed. Uh, her clothes were found floating beside her again with a sand like substance coating them. They never could figure out what the substance was. They were all just in a ball floating next to her. Now, my thing is, I unless you have some wondrous weird fabric, most fabric when it gets just driven with water, it's going to sink eventually, right? Or is that just me? Uh, no, I think some clothes will float. Maybe like silk or something that's polyester. I I I don't know. So supposedly all of her clothes are just floating in a in a pile next to her. Which yeah. Okay, we'll we'll leave that where it is. Well, they um, were in the they were in the tank with her. They were in the tank with her exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was no evidence of physical trauma, um, no evidence of sexual assault or suicide. The toxicology reports uh, were incomplete because of not enough blood was preserved, again, because of the time she was really in the water tower. Uh, but almost it did three sh- weeks. Almost three weeks, exactly. But it did show traces consistent with her prescription medications, which you were talking about, plus sinus tab and ibuprofen and a small, small quantity of alcohol, which you know could be 
God, it could be cop medicine at this point. Um, it should be mentioned at this point, again, like Chris mentioned, she did have bipolar. So you're looking at those medications that are on her system. Um, she was diagnosed for it. She had to take things for it. She had been prescribed with four. So these are the four that she had that she had to take. So Welbrutin was one. Lamictal, Lamictal is the other one. Seroquel and a fixer. These are the four that were prescribed for her condition. Um, and again, we talked about maybe she was off her meds and she didn't know what the fuck was going on. Could be, you know, if that was the case. So, yeah, I mean, the psychologist that I listened to did say that without the antipsychotic as part of that cocktail, um, there are increased signs of mania, paranoia, hallucinations, and delusions. Right. And so that yeah. would logically explain her behavior in that video. I know there's a lot of fun uh, people who want to say that, oh, maybe it was the ghost of Richard Ramirez coming back to haunt <laughs> I her. Got those. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and w- which, by the way, is a debunk theory because Richard Ramirez wasn't actually executed until four months after all of this right. happened. Good call. Good call. Yeah, exactly. So that's not the case, but I mean, uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we, as, you know, while we like to kind of dig into the mystery, I also don't want to, you know, no pun intended, float conspiracy theories. <laughs> calm down, dude. Jesus Christ. I will not calm down. In fact, I'm going to the next level. I'm not, <laughs> fucking float, uh, you ass. <laughs> We all float down here. I couldn't think of anything else. That was all. I just couldn't think of another analogy. But uh, as far as the conspiracy theories go, Uh, um, you know, usually the most logical explanation is typically, yeah, you know, the the one you go with. Right. And uh, you know, while it's a lot of fun to say possibly this, possibly that, you know, Shane and I we talked about this before, and we wanted to treat this with the you know the most respect that we could. And so rather than get into maybe it was aliens, maybe it was the ghost of Richard Ramirez. No, we're trying we're trying to stick to the facts. Is basically what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. And this is again, yeah. There's all hearsay conspiracy. Every Everybody loves a conspiracy, but the reality is maybe there's not one here. Maybe this is just what it is. But there are still things that are, eh, you know, kind of up in there. Again, oh, the four- there are some nutball things, <laughs> like crazy things coming up. So, Oh, exactly. Well, the four-month release for the autopsy blows my mind. What also on the autopsy, it doesn't say the results of the rape kit and the fingernail kit were. So I, I thought that that was always – it was common. When somebody died in some kind of a situation like this, you always do the rape. You always do the fingernail kit to see DNA or hair or whatever underneath the fingernails. That wasn't processed. It was never mentioned in the autopsy at all. Well, um, a lot of people assume that they didn't do a rape kit. And, that's and I exactly. wonder if the reason why is because, you know, what rape kit is there to be done on a body that's been in water for three weeks? True. True. I mean, and again, not to sound gruesome, but it did – the autopsy uh, did say that her her genitalia or you know whatever have you was exposed and it was swollen and it looked like it was possible for – but then another one, another doctor came back and said, no, that's because she's been floating around the water for such and such and such, which I'll, I'll take that. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, you, you know what a body's going to do. Um, also, to speak to your uh, four months before they released the report, you also have to understand this happened roughly about the same time that the San Bernardino mass shooting happened. And so the police oh, were true, all hands on true. deck during that time. Good call. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, there so you go. They may have gotten backed up with their paperwork. So fuck you, you one guy that's listening to this going, oh my God, it's a conspiracy. We just proved you wrong. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying this, you know, again, we t- you know, typically go with the most sure, logical sure. explanation and that yeah. would make sense. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, this is the last thing with the autopsy and then we can roll into a few other things too. So uh, there was actually a one page report has a form with boxes to check as to whether the death was accidental, natural homicide, suicide, or whatever have you. The accident box is dated June 15th, but three days later, the undetermined box was checked instead. This was at some point three days before the reports. It got changed out. Uh, somebody changed your mind somewhere. Maybe it's because of the, the evidence, the autopsy, you know, whatever have you. So let's talk about this. And this is what I'm – and maybe you found something more than I did because I, I – again, this is one of those things where I found – somebody said this and somebody said this. I, I tried to look for the actual report that uh, Ramirez, the maintenance guy, what he said in the police report. And the, the three that I found all see something different. So I'm not too sure where this is at. So let's discuss the whole fact of getting up there. Okay, getting on the roof and, and what's going on. Again, she was found in a tower. The towers are on a roof. Um, the hotel did verify with the police that they're locked and secured. If anybody sets them off, you know, there's going to be an alarm that goes off. There's no way that they wouldn't know. So there's other people that have been proven. Uh, they said it was proven. Actually, you can go up the fire escape and you can gain access to the roof that way. Although the fire escapes, again, are alarmed. So... Somebody would have to skip past that to get to point A to actually get on the roof. So, and then on top of that is getting into the tank. So, this is a whole thing. I saw a report that said the lid was open. And then I well, saw actually, another report saying you, it was Before you get to the tank, let me jump in here real oh, quick. Oh, go ahead. Um, in terms of accessing the roof and it setting off alarms, I can tell you from firsthand experience that that's bullshit. I went to the Cecil oh. Hotel. And I actually climbed out of a window onto the fire escape and climbed up onto the roof. <laughs> Um, when you were saying other people have said, other people have said, I'm like, is he talking about me? <laughs> because I've actually oh my done God, it. Dude. <laughs> no shit. And when did you do that? Of the Cecil hotel and not one alarm, not one security person. Nobody can. I hung out there for a good half hour and, uh, there you go. Did not run into any problem. So it is very easy to access that roof or at least at the time, this was maybe, uh, three years ago. Well, when I did that. So. Well, and, and again, take in mind, you know, this whole thing happened in 2013. So if you could access it three years ago, <laughs> I'm sure it hasn't changed. There was any different yeah. before that. You know what I mean? It's super easy to do. Like at the end okay. of the hallway, there's a, a window and it's the kind of windows that you push out, not lift up. And so you could just push that window open, climb out onto the fire escape. I imagine a lot of people go out there for a smoke. But I do have footage of me climbing out there and climbing up to the roof. You should have totally brought your scuba gear and just hung out in the water tower and just waited for somebody to fucking catch you. Just to say, <laughs> you know, that's what you should have done. If you were thinking, man. Up there with the, up there with the fishing pole. And the- <laughs> right, just hanging out. So you can access it. So there's that conspiracy. Blonde. Gone. Yeah. No big deal. Yep. Yeah, I but get the it. water tank. I could did, I did not actually thing. go over to the water tank. Okay. That to me seemed a little creepy. To do that right. seemed like a bridge too far that I was, you know, a bridge I wasn't real willing to cross. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, yeah. But the reports did say that the water tanks were supposed to have been locked, and an alarm would have gone off if they were opened. Now, 
considering that there was no alarm to get to the roof, I'm going to say that's bullshit too. <laughs> well, this is the whole thing with the tanks. One thing that I did find, and and again, I couldn't find whether the tanks were covered or whether they weren't covered. But the one thing that I did locate, and I, and I actually it brought up some, uh, not patents, um, they were engineering structures from from the tower itself. Because obviously towers are made out of, of, of metal, you know, to hold the water and what's going on. The, the hatch is heavy as all hell. Like to get it picked up and to get it moved over, again, we can't verify whether it was locked or whether it wasn't locked, but to, to get it just in place. And it, it was according to the maintenance guy, he said, well, he said one time he didn't admit it, but the other one was it was in place. So he had to pick up the hatch, go to each individual tower, look into the tower, now, yeah, it's you, like, uh, I think they said it was about 25 pounds. Yeah, 25, 35 pounds. So you are a, you know, a, a, a woman, small build. You're going to get into a tower. You're going to open the hatch. Then you're going to get in there. Then you're going to put the hatch back. There's no ladders on the inside of the tower to do that. You know, I mean, that, to make that finagle that, to make that work, mm, I don't know. Uh, it could be a matter of lifting up the hatch enough to squeeze your body in and then she disrobed while she was in the tank. Um, could be. I yeah. think it would be even more difficult for someone who actually had committed a murder to sling that body over their shoulder, climb up a ladder, lift the ta- lift it with, you know, like that seems like a harder feat. You think that's harder than somebody that's, uh, you know, I called, I, I trump you, dude. I don't think that's the same thing. I, I think it would be harder for somebody to slide into there and then have to do all that stuff. And, and number, okay, so she had a bipolar. Maybe she wasn't on medications. She's in a dark room. She's going to take off her clothes. You know, whatever scenario it may be. To me, that's that's more, that's harder to believe than it would be to somebody that was following her, hypothetically a stalker. There were people who were, uh, she was concerned about being stalked. She was concerned about people that she met at the she hotel was. the night before. right. right. Yeah. So that that's one of the theories that may, one of those people did it, as yeah. well as someone interviewed in, by the LA Times uh, said that one of the raid residents has a very shady past, and that person believes that that is the guy who actually did it. I read that, yeah. And again, there's theories behind what's going on and how it is, but and that was one of them. So you know, we'll we'll see. And that was never proven again. Nobody was ever so just for nobody was ever proven to be that there was a stalker, there was somebody following her, and none of that came to fruition at all on this. Yeah, police it, called it, it an accidental death. Right, exactly, exactly. So do you do you have anything on your side at this point that you want to kind of cover and throw in there? Yeah, there's actually one other thing that um, I did want to throw in there. Uh, we're talking about the water tank now. Uh, mm. About a week later, and this wasn't widely reported, um, about a week later, someone had graffitied on the water tank in Latin. I am finished with her. What? Nobody okay. knows what it means. And it, it, again, it's written in Latin. But huh. that was one of the local things from the LA Times that was reported. That someone had graffitied, I am finished with her wow. on the side of the tank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, I'm just throwing out the piece of information. Uh, sure, I don't sure. know what it means. I'm not saying it means something. Sure. But just putting it out there. So, But that's kind of a good bridge into the creepy, weird coincidences that also go along with this story. Yes. Let's get into that. Well, I mean, basically um, roughly about the same time within days of the, what happened to when they found Elisa Lamb's body, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis in downtown. And uh, hmm. again, 
the hotel is located in the Skid Row area of Los Angeles, and so a lot of the homeless population were affected by it. And so the CDC had to come down and administer the tuberculosis test to you know the people on the street. And just coincidentally, huh. the name of that test is called the Lamelisa. But is he spelled exactly the same way? That's weird. Yeah, that's just one of those really bizarre, bizarre coincidences that just happened to line up. But if that wasn't weird enough, there's another bizarre coincidence uh, that came in the form of a movie called Dark Water. Oh, yes. You were telling me about this. Have you seen this show, by the way? I read about it, but have you seen it? I have not seen the movie. It stars Jennifer Connelly. It came out in the year 2003, so a good 10 years before the Elisa Lamb incident. And uh, basically, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story of Dark Water? You do because yeah, I've saw it, but I, I think you have more of a synopsis to it. Uh, I mean, basically, it tells uh, the writer of the movie was inspired by the Cecil Hotel, and that's very evident in the name of the characters, uh, Cecilia and Dahlia. Um, here's the weird thing: in that movie, which happened ten years before what happened to Elisa Lamb, a body ends up at a water tank at a hotel, as well as there is a scene where there's a girl in an elevator in a red hoodie and black pants, just like Elisa Lamb. <laughs> yeah. And it's coincidences yeah. That's like weird. this that just make this story off the charts with what the fuck. Well, let me throw this out here real quick. So, and, and we talked about this more research on this back and forth. I mean, that is, I, I will, I will, yes, that's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. However, there has been copycat murders or, and or stalkers in the history of they're going to mimic because of, could it possibly be, and this is, you know, I'm reaching out there on a thin, thin branch. Could yeah. it be that somebody watched that movie and, if we do believe in the conspiracy that somebody was stalking her and that was a problem and we can exclude her bipolar issue, could it be that they were trying to mimic that? Doable? Or is that too far out of the it's, branch? It's, I mean, everything is possible, but that would also mean that they dressed her up in a red hoodie and black pants to match <laughs> like little the red movie. Regiment. Right, right, right. Like, it's, it's just one of – like, you know, yeah, remember it, back it's crazy. In, uh, it's crazy. 2000, remember back in 2001 where there was that weird way you could fold up a $20 bill? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And it was just – I mean, for the people <laughs> who don't funny. know what I'm talking about, uh, back in 2001 when we had a 9-11 uh, and the $20 bill was print – it was a different picture of Andrew Jackson and the back was – the money was different. They updated the currency since. But there was a way that you could fold a $20 bill where on one side it looked like two – towers that were smoking down yeah, fire uh, like yeah. sm- on fire smoke yeah. coming out of it and you flipped it over and it would say united and america and those were the two airlines that went into the planes united and american and right. it was just one of those weird fucking coincidences where you went like how the fuck a how the fuck did this happen <laughs> b how the hell did someone figure out how to fold this in this way to for it to be That's like a, that. And I'm not even going to go into that whole thing of, of just, uh, dude, I'm sorry. I believe in coincidences. They happen. I mean, they happen. But, it, you know, but it's just such a. It's a big one. Off the charts, it's bizarre coincidence. One, right, and this is, right. this I feel like is up to that level. Like this is just yeah, crazy. Yeah. And I have other crazy coincidences too. Okay. So, um, and, and you did touch on, you know, uh, maybe somebody was stalking her. I do want to get back to that when we get to her blog. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. before we get to there, um, some uh, 
ambitious people analyzed the buttons, the button sequences that she pushes, because when she gets into the elevator, it looks like she's just kind of randomly mashing buttons, trying to get those elevator doors to close. There are some people, studious people, who took a look at the numbers that she pushed, and she pushed the numbers 14, 10, 7, 4, and uh, B, for, I guess, for block or hold. So we'll just, oh. we'll just focus on the numbers. I know and, you're going uh, with this. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so based on those numbers, some people went to the Bible, as people are, you know, as people do. <laughs> and uh, I guess John chapter 4, uh, verses 7, 10, and 14, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. That's John 4, 7. No John 4, shit. 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, blah, 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 blah. And then John 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water and I, will, uh, I sh- shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I give will never, blah, 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 blah. But just weird that. What the fuck? So, oh, that blows my whole quotes, stalker thing all out All have to do with water. I'm not saying it means anything. Uh, it's just hey. fucking weird. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> that is crazy. I That's mean, all factual. All oh, factual, sure. But just weird, sure. weird coincidences yeah. that are tied yeah. into this case, which yeah. is probably why there's such a big mystery and people have kind of uh, really been drawn to this mystery. Right. And how it sounds. Well, let's wrap it up a little bit. Let's, let's talk about this. This isn't as weird as what Chris has, but th- this was kind of the, the outcome and the, the ending of what was going on. So the lawsuits and questions about why people didn't leave. So this was what was funny. When that happened and they had the water that tasted black and it was it was funny, they um they were offered. They said, Hey, look, you know, we did free of charge, you don't have to pay for staying here, we will get you in a hotel across a room. Most people, I'm sorry, I'm one of them. If I find black or smelly or sewage water coming out of my faucets, I'm gonna go get me somewhere else. Um, they were all reimbursed and offered rooms for free, again, nearby hotels, somewhere else. Eleven of them stayed, which they just didn't want to move anywhere. They still had the shitty water and the decomposed, the sulfur-smelling the smelling water. They didn't want to go anywhere. Um, <laughs> the lawsuit side on that whole thing, the guests of the Cecil sued the hotel over the issue and Elisa's parents filed a lawsuit later that year. Of course, everything that was going on once they discovered what was happening. But their lawsuit was dismissed in 2015. It happened in 2013. It was proven that the hotel had no liability. And it was dismissed. So the parents had nothing to say about it. It was They just proved that you know somebody wandered up on the roof and did their thing. And nobody has anything to say to that. Which, I don't know, man. What do you think about that? That's kind of shitty. It's it's bizarre that people would want to stay, but there's a certain type of low life that's living in that hotel. True. And so True. for me, that's somewhat plausible where they just be kind of like I get that. Meh. Yeah. No, yeah, I get I get that. So it's, like it's what? Water. Something's Meh. weird. Something weird's going worse. on. I'll fucking stay here. Yeah, I totally get that. But the lawsuit I think is what I'm more upset about for everything going on. Because the hotel just kind of wash your hands of it to a certain point. You know, the, the and, and again, trying to prove. So going back, they said that you couldn't gain access to the roof. They said that there was going on. There was an elevator footage. It had missing a missing minute, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, 
the court, the lawsuit said, no, sorry, the hotel's not liable. Yeah, I mean, that's I fucking know. ridiculous. Um, there is one other thing that I did want to chime in with in terms of the uh, potential explanations as to what happened. We talked about the uh, 11 residents who didn't want to li- didn't want to leave. Those are some hardcore people who are just, you know, low life people who are staying at that hotel. Right, right. And there is a theory as to what happened. Um, now, the hotel at that time, there were rumors that they were going to start fixing up the hotel and some of the residents who were living there were a little bit worried that once they did that, the rent would go up and they would no longer be able to afford to stay there. Oh, okay. And so one theory is that one of the residents took it upon themselves to commit a murder to continue the shady (laughs) history of the Cecil Hotel and hopefully thwart the plans of the renovations. One of the things to back this up is her blog, which stated the night before that she thought that there were some, she met a couple people at the bar in the hotel, had some drinks, was creeped out by them, and she wrote all this on her blog. And uh, that you know, so people were thinking, okay, maybe that's possible. Speaking of the blog, one of the weird things is yes. the blog continued to update after she disappeared and after she passed away. Correct. That's fucking weird, is it not? I have no explanation for it. I, unfortunately, I didn't dig too deeply into this because people can set up their blog to release posts later. That's not that unusual. Sure, sure. Um, but it is bizarre that her her blog was still going up to three years after she died. Okay, so let me add this onto the blog topic. So yep. her phone was never found. It wasn't found in her body. It wasn't in the hotel room. It wasn't anywhere near. So they never found her phone. And does that have something to play into blog where somebody got the phone and access and account numbers, whatever you need? Possibly. Yeah. 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 And they, yeah. yeah, correct. They never did find her phone. So a missing phone leads me to believe that there was some sort of mischief at play. No, um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think your bizarre things that you throw on there with the tuberculosis and the other, I, to me, that blows my mind. The movie, for example. Yeah. What the fuck? That's weird coincidence. I, I, you um, know? Honestly, like, you know, at the end of everything that we've talked about and everything that I read about, I kind of lean towards one or, one or two theories of either she was off her meds and uh, accidentally drowned in the tank. Maybe she thought she was going for a, a jacuzzi or something. Maybe. Maybe she was hallucinating or just disoriented her way into there, thought it was a jacuzzi, got locked in when maybe treaded water as long as she could and then drowned. Or there was foul play. And one of the residents, right. like we were, right. like I was saying before, the theory is they killed her because they wanted to continue with the notorious history of the hotel. Hopefully that would you know, thwart the plans of the renovation. Those seem like the strongest, yeah. most logical explanations to me. Yeah, no, me too. Me too, exactly. I mean, on the not me too movement, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this other thing. <laughs> I well, think ex- <laughs> you and I have been me too, but that's a story for another day. Too'd. Yeah, that's a whole other story for those of you who've listened to other podcasts. But uh, again, we're good friends. But um, yeah, I think I lean on. I think I lean on that more than anything. I mean, okay, you know, the elevator footage, the surveillance, everything it shows that if somebody's not on their medication, that that's clear. That's very clear. 
that's the case. Now, her looking out and doing that, maybe she was stalked. That it possibly could be. You know, it. So, one thing that I was researching in the beginning of why she left where she's doing Vancouver, she's doing this whole West Coast tour, or West Coast tour excuse me, was um, because she had a bad relationship. It, it, is it possible that, you know, somebody she was dating was stalking her? Um, you know, if I had to uh, put money down on uh, one way or the other, I would say that there was, she was murdered by a resident of the hotel. Um, for mm. me, there's evidence there to at least look into that. And uh, the LAPD decided not to and just write it off as an accidental death. And uh, that's, to me, that's just terribly unfortunate. Very, very fair call, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that the same yeah. way. So, but that, so folks, that is a story of Elisa Lamb. And, um, it fascinated us, so we want to share it with you. And uh, yeah, well, I'm never traveling anywhere alone ever again. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. But dude, and, thank um, you yeah, so this, much, man. I'm still unsettled. Like after after talking oh. about all of this, I'm super unsettled. Is, isn't it weird just folding it out? And and again, we're not trying to make light of somebody who somebody died, which is awful. But the, the circumstances yeah. over the death is just. Ah, oh, God, it, it just, it, it plays out. It, it echoes. It's weird. Yeah. LA is definitely, uh, it's got a very shady history, a very shady, uh, uh, current, not even present. It's got a very shady present. So like I was uh, saying before, uh, everybody come on out to LA where <laughs> you can get tuberculosis <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, have yeah. weird people yeah. follow you around. Yeah. Oh, and, there's and, ghosts and, uh, in Hollywood. Also, check out yep. the typhus. <laughs> we have a special on typhus right now, so come on out for that too. We have brochures. We're giving out buttons. You guys enjoy yourself. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but dude, thank yeah, you like, for uh, coming on, man. Uh, hey, thank you so much for having me, I, buddy. Anytime. Love hanging out with you. Yeah. No. By all means. Um, I think we're gonna kind of wrap this up. Do you want to? Do you want to close the gates, or do you want to? You want to argue and banter, or what do you want to do? Um, I don't know, man. Would you feel like closing gates? Do you feel like uh, talking a little bit about uh, closing gates? Something else? Well, um, I don't gates. know. We can't close or, gates. It, I mean, it, it's been similar, but yeah, yeah, close gates. Yeah, I mean the weather out here, closing gates, has been a little on the chillier side. Closing gates, and um, boy, you know, I hear it did a little closing gates snowing in Vegas. Closing gates. I heard so, about the snow. Uh, I, I heard about the snow in Vegas. It's awful closing gates. But here, I think today, like the high was like twenty four closing gates. It was really. Kind of chilly, I thought for the most part. You know, chilly being close gates. I think I think it's time to close gates. <laughs> close gates. Close gates. day.